Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. I have not caught on the Apostles' Creed yet, but we will. Um, but we declare this for a purpose. Uh, we declare this because it's important. It's important, number one, to know what you believe. A lot of people believe things about Christianity that are popular but are not necessarily true, uh, number one. Number two, it's good to get it in your head what you believe, so it's settled. It's good to be able to tell people what you believe. And also, number, number three, it's good to know that you line up with the faith once passed down for all generations, the truth that has been passed down. We did not make this up in our generation, and we don't get to change it, right? It's already been decided who Jesus is, and so we line ourselves up every time we declare this Apostles' Creed. We line up with the historic church. We don't just stand on what we see in front of us today. We stand upon promises that are 2,000 years in the making. Amen. Amen. So let's declare it like we really believe it today. Ready? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He'll come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen and amen and amen. Give somebody a high five. Give somebody a what's up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, be happy about the gospel. Be happy about the gospel. You can be seated. We're going to continue our, our message series in the book of Luke. And um, <clears throat> if you will allow me today, I'm going to take you on a little journey. <clears throat> going to give you a little, a little overview of where we're at, and we're just going to have, I'm going to invite you into a conversation I'm having with God, um, and, and, uh, and, and uh, that's kind of my goal today. My goal uh, is less to have a systematic teaching uh, than to kind of invite you in on a conversation that God and I have been having about you, about me, and about Him. Amen? Are you with me? Now, now, now um, one of the requirements we have at Revival Life Church, we don't have a lot of requirements. One of them is that you be awake during the Sunday morning message. Yeah. You have to be awake and you have to participate. Amen. amen. This is a living faith. Can you say amen? Oh, I'll just, I'm just going to keep doing this until you get it. You're like, well, that's annoying, Pastor. Well, then you picked the wrong church. Like, we're going to be awake up in here. Amen. We, 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 we serve a living God who is actually part of what we are doing here this morning. And I believe in the name of Jesus that the Holy Ghost of God is here and he's going to touch some people today. I believe that with all my heart that he's going to touch some people today. He's going to convict our hearts. He's going to draw us closer to him. He's going to make us more open to the move of his spirit in our lives. Can you say amen? amen? All right. That's what we're going to do. So I want to thank Duke for bringing that message last week. Very good. Yes. Yeah, so good. Thank you, Duke, for sharing the Word of God. And uh, you're just going to have to clap a little better than that because he did a good job. 
Just get it settled in your heart right now. This is just an interactive church. Get it settled in your heart. Uh, Gabriella talked earlier about uh, this last season that we've been in. And uh, I, I um, you know, there, there, there gets to a point where our life gets so busy that we're just running. Have you ever felt that way? Have you felt that way in this season? Have you felt like you're just, you're running, like you, you have to run to get the kids somewhere, and you run to get to work, and you run to keep all the balls in the air, and keep all the plates spinning, and sometimes you run so fast, and you run so far, you don't know where you are. You don't recognize where you've gotten to with your running. As a matter of fact, when we find our lives so busy that we're always running, you're going to come to this place where you're going to have to figure out, am I running to something, or am I running from something? This, this is a heart issue that Jesus wants us to deal with. Am I running to something or am I running from something? The problem with running from something is it gives you enough safety to think that at some point you can stop running. But you don't know where you have wound up. See, running from something, the whole goal is to get you away from the thing you're scared of. It's not to actually get you anywhere safe. When we're running to something, God has given us a goal to achieve, and it is so beautiful that we're running after it. Let, let me give you an example. It, 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 is, it, is, it is bad, it is bad uh, to, be, uh, to have infidelity in your marriage, and, and we would all agree on that, amen? Uh, and so, so if you are running away from infidelity because you're so scared that you might cheat on your wife, that is not going to build you a better marriage. That's just going to build you a marriage without sexual infidelity. Now, if you are running toward a healthy marriage, that will include not having sexual infidelity, but it will include intimacy, love, and trust. Amen. See, now you have actually built something because you're running towards something. But in our life, we spend our lives running from things. We call that fear. We spend so long running from things, we don't actually get anywhere. Y'all, I just, I hope, you know. So, in the, in the, in the, so, so I want to talk a little bit about what we're, what, where we're at in the book of Luke as we're working our way through Luke. I, I find it, I find it, um. The longer I walk with Jesus, I, the more important I find it that you understand the Bible. Because, because what happens is the, 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 the scriptures um, talk about how, how the scriptures are written on our heart, right? And, and it also talks about that we can be living epistles, uh, like literally li living letters uh, from those who disciple us. Paul, when he talks about you are living epistles, he means that you are like, you are my um, letter to the world because I have discipled you, right? This is what Paul is talking about. But, but that also means you could be a living epistle of something else. You're a living epistle of what's discipling you. You are a representation of what is saturating your soul and you represent that everywhere you go. And so it's so important that we dig in this thing and understand what we're reading so that this living epistle becomes our living epistle, and we can become a living epistle to the world of the truth. You see, there's a lot of wise people out there saying a lot of wise things, but they are not going to lead you to the living God. They're just going to lead you away from whatever they think that you're scared of. All right, so let's, let's go through the book here. So in, in, in Luke, the first few chapters of the book of Luke, it tells about the miraculous birth of Jesus, and not just 
the virgin birth. There's just so many miracles surrounding it. There's these prophetic songs that come out. There's four of them in the first couple chapters. These prophetic songs that, that erupt when people encounter uh, the prophecies being fulfilled. Let, 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 let me tell you, um, when, when you get in a certain season of your walk and there are songs, if you're like me, there's songs that mark different seasons of my walk with God. And I just hear those songs and it takes me back to the battle that I was going through. It takes me back uh, to the victory that I was contending for. There are certain songs that uh, the Lord used to minister that the, uh, the very uh, passages of them marked my walk. Is there anybody else like that? Just the music so ministered to your soul. It's as if God had somebody walk your path a couple years before you, write about it, put it to music just so you could sing it over your season. You see, we see right here at the beginning of scripture that this is the power of worship. This is the power of the written song. It's not just to move a congregation. It's to communicate the life of God poetically. So much of the scriptures are poetry that it takes a relationship with the poet to understand what's being conveyed. If you're going to study poetry, you got to know the poet that you're studying. You study their entire body of work, you understand their life, and then you can unpack the poem. You don't go line by line in a poem to understand it. You got to know the poet. And so in the scriptures, so much of the scripture is poetry. You better know the spirit who's inspiring it to understand and come to the right conclusion. So we see these people are coming into contact with the spirit of God, be, be, it, be it in the temple when they see Jesus, be it uh, when, when Elizabeth confronts Mary and the very Messiah is in her womb, and it causes a spirit to jump. There's just when 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 the angel uh, encounters Zacharias in the uh, in the in the temple. There, 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 this poetry, this poetry comes forth, and you would say, why poetry and not not scripture? Because poetry requires you to know the poet, and so God speaks in ways through these people that requires you to know God better, so that you can come to the right conclusion about what they're talking about. I hope you get what I'm telling you here. And God is calling us to know him better. And so in these first few chapters, it tells of the miracles surrounding the birth of, of Jesus. And then we see Jesus grows up a little bit. And finally, it's time for him to become a minister, to come public with his ministry. And, 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 we, read, uh, in, 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 and we read in the early chapters, I believe it's chapter uh, 3, where Jesus gets water baptized by John the Baptist. And the fact that the Messiah had to be water baptized by a man should stretch your theology a moment. Amen. These, 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 these things should stretch you a little bit. Why? Why when John was only giving a baptism of repentance, would the sinless Messiah say that I have to be baptized by you, that all righteousness would be fulfilled? Why, why is that? That, that? These kind of things, you've got to study the scripture. You've got to wrestle with some of these things. If you're going to be part of the historic Christian faith, you're going to have to wrestle with some of these things that aren't clear in the Bible so you can know the one who wrote it. If you, you, you just read a verse a day and you think you got it, like we're, we're only scratching the, the surface. Why did Jesus need to identify with our humanity so strongly that he submitted to water baptism? That, that's an important point to understand. But Jesus did. He got water baptized by 
John the Baptist. And then we see that he came up out of the out of the water and the spirit of God fell upon him. Now, it's interesting in the gospel of Luke that it doesn't actually say that John the Baptist baptized him in Luke, which I find interesting because Luke is wanting to emphasize the fact that it's all about God. It's not about John the Baptist. It's not about Mary. It's not about Elizabeth. It's not about Zachariah. It's not about the temple. It's about God. God is the hero of the story in Luke. And in Luke, Jesus gets baptized in the Spirit. He goes down under the water. He comes up. The Father speaks. The Spirit of God lands upon him like a dove. Dove didn't land on him. The Holy Ghost landed upon him like a dove. You see, so the landed upon him. The Father speaks from heaven. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, that's an important, it's an important fact to wrestle with. Why? Of all the things, of all the things that the Father could have spoken about the Messiah who had been prophesied since the Garden of Eden, who finally showed up on the scene in his ministry, of all the things he could have said about Jesus, he said, my son, in whom I'm well pleased. These are things we need to wrestle with in the scriptures. I'm going to talk about that in a, in a minute. But after this, after this baptism in the spirit, Jesus starts his public ministry. <clears throat> and what's his public ministry look like? What does he start doing? He starts it with teaching. First thing Jesus does, he starts teaching. And he starts teaching the Old Testament scriptures through a new lens. He starts telling people why the anointing is upon him. Are, are, are you with me here? We see in Luke chapter 4, Jesus starts, uh, he goes into the synagogue, he opens the scrolls, and he starts teaching. And he starts telling people. He starts them telling why this anointing has come upon him. And, and he, tells them, he tells them two things, basically. He tells, them, uh, he tells them basically what the Father had told him. Let, let, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. At that moment, standing in the synagogue, Jesus, Jesus fully knew his purpose. And here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I need you to know today. God created you with a purpose. Oh, that's a good word right there. God created you for a purpose. You didn't just accidentally show up. You weren't a surprise to God. He didn't just, uh, you know, one day uh, mom, mom and dad didn't know what else to do. And, and then they got pregnant. And then uh, God was like, oh, no, what, what do I do with this one? No, no. God created you for a purpose. But not only did he create you with a purpose, he saved you for a purpose. Amen. Can you say amen? He's, come on, he saved you for a purpose. God put his anointing upon you for those who have submitted to the baptism of the Spirit. He put his anointing upon you for a purpose. It wasn't just to pray in tongues. It wasn't just for the goosebumps. It wasn't just so that the fire and you could feel close. It wasn't, it wasn't just for an emotional release. He, he actually baptized you in the spirit for 
a reason. He, he put the, 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 the Rukadah star on upon you. This, this spirit that came upon Elijah. The spirit that came upon Jeremiah. The one who said it's shut up in my bones like fire. He put it upon you for a purpose. Uh, it wasn't just to be cute in church. It wasn't, it wasn't just to have play dates and cookouts and, and, and to have people, hey, brother so-and-so, hey, good to see you, sister so-and-so. That, that's not the reason. He put his anointing upon you for a kingdom purpose that only you could fulfill because it started with your purpose of creation, then the purpose for your salvation, and then he anointed you for his special ability to fulfill both of these things that you couldn't do without him. Can you say amen? You see, you can't be you without God. You can't be you without God. You can't be the real you without God. All you could do is run from what you don't want to be. All you could do is run from what scares you. All you could do is run from the bumps in the night. All you could do is run from the terrors by day. All you can do is run, but you're not going to get to where God had you without the anointing of God upon your life and an understanding of why that anointing is upon you. Can you say amen? That's a good word right there. I feel like that's a good word right there. I'm happy to say that word. Hallelujah. You can't fulfill it without the anointing of God upon your life. God created you with a purpose. He saved you for a purpose. He put his anointing upon you for a purpose. Jesus knew this. Jesus fully understood his purpose. Like he, it was crystal clear in his eyes why he was here. Why he was born, why he needed to get water baptized, and why the anointing of God landed upon him. And he broke it down for, I mean, he, he, he made it super clear. He opened the scriptures, stood in the synagogue, opened the scriptures, and in Luke chapter 4 began to read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because, say because, you need to be able to tell us why the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Why is the anointing of God upon you? Now, we know why it's upon Jesus. We read the scriptures, but why did the anointing of God fall upon you? Hallelujah. I'm, 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 I'm having a good time right now. I, I'm, I'm having a good time. I feel like someone's going to figure out today why the anointing of God fell upon you. And that some, at least some will ask why. You better, you better hear God. You better hear God on what that is. You see, we can come up with all kind of reasons in this day and age why God called us. That's, 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 that's the frightful part of our age. We get to define our own selves. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to get into any sexuality debates. That's, that don't, that's not what I'm talking about. But we live in a society that increasingly wants you to define yourself. No matter what norms it breaks, no matter what cultural, whatever, like you... They, they took the message that you could be whatever you want to be to a place that doesn't even make sense. Like, you're, you're not a unicorn. You're what I'm saying. You're not a koala bear. You're not a tree, right? Like, 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 our, come on, our society today, our society today just wants you to just, hey, listen, you define who you are. You define what you are. You, you, define, you define what success is in your life. You, you, you have your own truth, and you go ahead and you live your truth. And I'm all about living out of the conviction of the Spirit in your life, which may look different 
than the conviction of the Spirit on my life. But I'm here to tell you that there is a truth, and His name is Jesus Christ. Right. And he is the one who declares truth. And we need to line up with the truth that he speaks over our lives. And we need to know what that truth is. Can you say amen? This is a good word right here. I feel like I'm preaching better than you're, you're, you're giving me feedback, but that's all right. I'm going to keep preaching. I'm going to keep preaching. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Come on. Receptive hearts, open ears. Come on. <clears throat> Receptive hearts, open ears. Amen. Receptive hearts, open ears. Jesus in Luke chapter 4, he said two super important things as he declared who he was. He says, the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives. Now, this release to the captives is the same word that, 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 that encapsulates what the Jews called the Jubilee. Now, in the Jubilee, it was a year of release where you're not just released like but all of your debts are forgiven. It's like, a, it's like a, you're starting over, not from the bottom, but back on an even plane with everybody else. Hear me. He says, I have come to preach the year of release. When you come into Christ Jesus, he's saying, you're starting over again. The Lord has put his anointing upon me. He has put this anointed to say, guess what? That year of Jubilee you've been waiting for, that's me. I am the Jubilee. And when you come to me, you come into freedom. You come into release. You come into new starts. You come into new beginnings. I set all things new. Can you say amen? This is who Jesus said he was. And then he said, I preach the good news to the poor. Now, in America... Since we idolize owning things, poor means you don't own things. But that is not the biblical concept of the poor. In the Bible, the poor means many things, but specifically in the time of Israel, the poor were people who were on a lower caste. Now, you could be in this lower caste because you don't have any money, but you could be in this lower caste because you have sickness. Could be because you're maybe a widow. It could be because you are on the wrong ethnic group than the majority. It could be because you made such mistakes that there wasn't this concept of forgiveness, so you never received restoration. This is the people that the main society says, you don't measure up. You're not good enough for us. We don't found out who you are, and therefore... We kind of put you to the side. We, you got caught in some sin, and now that's, that's who you... I don't, I don't know why I'm dragging this on, but there's some people in here who, like, you got caught in some stuff, and you don't repent it, but for many people, that's still who you are. Or maybe you made a mistake, and you, you, you had a lapse in judgment, and on your worst day of your life, you got found out, and now your identity is what happened on the worst day of your life, or, or maybe you just decided, I don't fit into society's norms, and I don't feel like fitting into society's norms, and so, so society has said that I am on the bottom. Jesus said, I have come to give you some good news. I have come to set you free from that system that has said that you are now below instead of above. This is who Jesus proclaimed he was. 
This is who Jesus proclaimed he was. Where did, where did Jesus get this? Where did he get this understanding? I, I propose to you that it was a lifetime of obedience. However, at that baptism, the father spoke over him. The father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Why does that matter? <clears throat> the father spoke to Jesus. <clears throat> and he says, I want to make this very clear. I want to make this super clear over you right at the beginning of your walk, right at the beginning of your ministry, right at the beginning of, of what's about to happen publicly. There's going to be a lot of people that want to motivate you by fear. But you're not going to run from fear. You're going to run toward purpose. And the Father says, you, I'm, I'm pleased in you. Everything you do, I want you to know that I'm pleased. You don't got to run from nothing. You don't got to run away from nothing. You don't have to run from shame. You don't have to run from ostracization. You do not have to run from not measuring up to them. You don't have to run from their accusations. You don't have to run from their lies because the Father in heaven has already said, I am well pleased in who you are. You won't be motivated by their lies or their judgment or your fears. You're going to be motivated by purpose. You're going to be motivated by purpose. That's my heart for you today. My heart for you today is that you'll be motivated by purpose. That the loudest voice in your ear may be what they done said about you at the, at the, at the play group. That your, your child is, 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 is the one running around while their little girls are sitting there acting cute. And they're like, oh, I don't know what kind of mom they are back home. And now you're scared just to go to the play date because your kid is the active one. It's somehow that means something about you. I'm here to set you free from the little gossip that happens around the table about your parenting. I don't know who that's for, but I'm here to set you free from the fact that you just decided I'm not going broke to look cute for other people. I want to, I want to set you free from the need to be religious just because everybody around you is religious. I want you to be free to be as, as Christian as you want to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a funny, 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 funny society we live in today. It's a funny society. We can all define our own identity. You can, you can, you can, you can, you can call yourself whatever you want. And let, let me, let me just it's not my role to speak into this, but I don't care what you call you. That's between you and God. You can call yourself a flower. You can, I mean, you can call yourself a cinder block. I don't care what you call yourself. Like, I don't, don't make any difference to me. My life is good, right? Uh, who you choose to do whatever with, that's between you and God. I'm married to my wife. I'm, you know, it's going to stay that way, right? Like, they made um, same-sex marriage legal in Florida, didn't threaten my marriage, you know, like I'm good, like I'm given the choice today, I'd still pick her, you know, like I understand, I understand there's more, legally there's more options, I'm good though, like I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, you know, I would pick her again, you know, like, well, there's more people now, now nah, I'm good, you know, D didn't, didn't threaten my marriage at all, I'm, 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 I'm good, uh, and so you can choose whatever you want, but my God, be a tongue-talking Christian, Try to watch, watch, watch what society says when, when, when you just say, hey, my, what do I identify as? I, just, I identify as a follower of Jesus Christ, and uh, I identify this is true. Yeah. 
right? Like if you can identify with people who can marry a tree, I certainly can identify with this book is true, right? I certainly can say when I read this book, the God of heaven speaks to me and all of a sudden my identity begins to manifest and all of a sudden I get some peace in my life. Like that's how I identify. Oh, you're hate. You're, you have hatred. You have judgment. You have bitterness. You've got this old, this superstition. I'm superstition. You, 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 you're, you're, you're waving incense around. Like the incense got some power, but I'm the superstitious one. Like, like, you, like, like you, you're scared of me using the wrong pronoun. I'm the, I'm the superstitious one. I, I don't, I don't understand. And, and I'm not, I'm not hateful toward anybody. And I please don't, don't, don't just, just don't, 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 um, please. I like, I don't want you to misconstrue this. I don't, I don't, I really don't feel like I'm hateful to anybody. And again, live whatever life you want. That's between you and Jesus. But there will be a judge. I mean, I mean, you know, you, 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 you may have your own opinions on how things should be run, but unfortunately, you don't have your own universe. You know, unfortunately, you don't have your own heaven and hell, you know. But, you know, whatever, whatever, you know. People think Minecraft is real. It's not. Um, it's not a real world. There is a real world. But, but Jesus, so Jesus says, listen, listen, <clears throat> listen. He said, I, I am your ju- jubilee. I set the captives free. I, I just, I feel like I need to hit this for one more second. He says, I get those who others say are on the bottom and I put them on the top. This is what Jesus said. I get those that everybody wants to cast off, I put them at the front of the line. I, 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 I get those who walk in shame, and I give them a reason to walk with a little bit more dignity, with a little more stiffness in their back, with their chin held a little bit higher, because they recognize that when the Father said, in you I'm well pleased, the conversation was over. It don't matter. It don't, it don't, it don't, it don't matter what what the in-laws say about you. It matters what the Father says about you. It don't, it don't matter what the bank account says about you. It's about what your account in heaven says about you. This, 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 is, where, this is where it comes from. And Jesus says, I have, I have a treasure stored up for you in heaven. That's, that's who you really are. And so <clears throat> Jesus is telling them. He, he begins to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and, and he begins to tell the truth to people, and he's letting people know. And I tell you today, if you're not on the top right now, just wait. Just wait, because Jesus is still preaching the gospel. Listen, Jesus is on the way with his anointing for you when you feel like you're underneath the condemnation, and you feel like you're underneath the weight of debt, and you feel like you're underneath Uh, who you want to be, and you feel like you're still being defined by the worst season of your life, Jesus is on the way to set all things right. He's still preaching jubilee, and he's preaching freedom in your life. You say amen. I feel like that's a good word. You should clap right there. That's a good word. Jesus is coming into your life to set things right. Chapter 4. I'm still on my introduction. Told you, I have long conversations with Jesus. This is just letting you into my conversations. Chapter 4, Jesus starts healing the sick after that. He knows his identity, and he immediately starts to demonstrate it. He starts to heal the sick. He starts to cast out demons from people, and he starts preaching the good news. Heals the sick, casts out devils, and preaches good news. Now, I wonder 
in people self-identifying and identifying their own universe, what do you do with the demons? How do you get power over the demons? All you can do is run from them and redefine what it means. But Jesus is here to set you free. Then we find ourselves in today's verse in chapter 5 of the gospel according to Luke. We're going to start in verse 1. Oh yeah, I still got 20 seconds. This is good. Plenty of time. <clears throat> it's verse, excuse me, John, excuse me, Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says, now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had got out of them and were washing their nets. Remember that part. They were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little ways from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put into the deep water, let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. This is... This, is, this, this story is going to change somebody's life. Are you ready? Are you ready? We're going to go somewhere right now. So here we go. Jesus is walking along the sea there in Galilee, and, uh, and uh, he comes upon fishermen. It's a fishing village, obviously, and they take their boats out, and they put out the nets, and, and uh, your nets are, your, are the tools of your trade. You've got to take care of your tools. And so at the end of the shift, as it were, they worked all night long, important to understand that people get tired. These are real people. They worked all night long and didn't get paid, right? They worked all night long and earned no money. They caught no fish, but they still got to clean up from their shift. So they got their nets and they got to spend this entire time cleaning all their nets. It's the end of the shift now. They got the nets cleaned and now this guy comes up preaching to the fishermen, and, and so many people are gathered around that he's got to get a little separation, so he sits in a boat, and he's preaching, and he tells these guys at the end of their shift, why don't you go ahead and put in another shift, right? This is what Jesus says, and they're like, and they're like, man, we're tired, man. We're, we're done fishing. We're, we, 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 we failed, and we're done for the night. We're done. Like, have you felt that way at the end of your mission with God? Like, I tried it. It didn't work. I'm now done. I'm ready to move on to something else. I'm tired, Lord. I've not seen what I wanted to see. I'm ready. I've washed my nets. I've folded them up. I'm ready to put it away and try something else. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? You get to the point of your job where you have labored so long, you're driving home and you're like, it's the end of the shift. I cleaned up. I think I'm done. Maybe you're in a relationship and then you finally said, I am done. I have cleaned up. I am done. And then the Lord shows up as Jesus likes to do, telling us exactly what we're not trying to hear. And he says, why don't you go and try again? And you're like, I don't, I don't know if I can do that, Lord. Can I be honest with anybody? Can I be honest with anybody? You ever been at the place where you're like, I just don't know if I can try again, Lord? Have you been there? I mean, listen, can we just, can we just get real? Can we get real? Have you been there? Have you been there where the Lord says, why don't you just row a little bit more? Why don't you walk a little bit more? Why don't you just stand? And you're like, I know that's your word, Lord, but 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I got that. I just don't know if I have that in me. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I feel betrayed, right? I feel. I feel right. Like I feel hurt, or I feel disappointed. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced in this day and age, more people have walked away from Jesus due to disappointment than anything else. They just, God did not do what they thought God was going to do. And so they give up on Jesus. And, and if I could just as a side note, possibly, possibly, but before you that that's happening because there's a Jesus being taught who isn't the real Jesus. Come on. Do you hear what I'm saying? Just hear, just hear what I'm saying here for a second. Like the, G, the, the lotto Jesus, the just, just, just go to the right church and all of a sudden everything goes well. And, um, but, but, but there's a scripture here. There's a scripture here that challenges that. He says, Simon answered and said, verse 5, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. Watch this. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. There's a, there's a, these are fishermen. They know when the fish are out. They know when to fish. Yeah. Right? This isn't a mystery to them. It's, if you're, I'm not a fisherman. I, I, I don't understand people who are. I'm just going to be completely honest. People are like, no, if you went fishing with me, it'd be better. I'd be like, um, if I went fishing with you, would I be fishing? Yes. Then no, it won't be any different for me. I don't, it's not, there's nothing about fishing that, in, that entices me. At all. But you catch a fish. Why? Why would I want to catch a fish? If I want to fish, I'll go to the fish store. I'll put it in a fish tank. I don't know. I got, they got fish at Publix. Why would I go to a lake? They're already at Publix. Like they've already caught it for me. I don't understand. It makes no sense to me at all. But they're people who love fish. And people who love fish, they, they study fish. I told a friend one time, if you studied the Bible as much as you studied fish, you might have been raptured already. Right? Like you might have been caught up in glory. I don't know. Uh, but, 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 but. Fishermen know when to fish. That's how they do it for a living. In the time for fishing, it already ended. But, 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 I will do as you say. There, there is an aspect of Christianity in that phrase, I will do as you say, that presupposes a couple things. N number one, that we're actually submitted to Jesus. This whole thing isn't about me and about what I think is right. And about how I should judge these things. And how I'm, I, I have planned things out. And how I believe what's supposed to happen. There's an expectation that is surrendered when you come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's a second supposition here is that you will actually hear Jesus on direction. That when the baptism of the Holy Ghost comes upon you, that there is an awakening in your spirit that you get to hear direction from God. And sometimes that direction is going to counter the wisdom of our age. That direction from God is going to tell you to do things you may not want to do, but will unlock the purpose of God in your life. Let me tell you this. Jesus told them to go fishing because Jesus saw something they didn't see. Jesus saw a harvest that they couldn't see. I wish somebody heard what I was saying right now. Come on. In your life, Jesus sees a harvest that you do not see. The problem with deception is you don't know you're deceived. <laughs> That's the problem with deception. You don't know it. I, um, during the um, pandemic, uh, you know, we were closed for like, what, eight months, seven months. Thanks for keeping me honest. 
uh, seven months. And uh, that, that, was, that, was, that was quite the season. It was weird sitting down every Sunday morning watching myself preach on Sunday morning. That was odd. That was odd. And we began to have some interactions uh, with the people on Sunday mornings that were kind of exciting. We would tell people to post stuff. And um, in the Williams family, their, their boy uh, drew a picture uh, one, one Sunday for me. I think we actually have it. Can you put up the picture? That was it. He called me. See, there was a bunch of people that would be on. He called me the funny one. I liked that. That was kind of cool. I'm the funny one. And so he drew this picture of me, uh, and then he put this little mole on my face. And I was like, I, was so, I thought it was so cool that he gave me, he drew a picture of me, um, and, and, and I was a little offended about the mole on my face. So I was a little, I, was, I wasn't sure how to feel about that, just to be completely honest with you, because, because I didn't have that mole on my face growing up. I didn't have any mark on my face. I didn't have that spot on my face. And I don't know if you know this, but I can't actually see it unless I look in a mirror. I see my hands, I see my feet, I see my, unfortunately, I see my belly, uh, but I didn't see the mole. But I get this picture, and I was like, huh, when people see me, they see something I don't see. Follow me here for a second. They see something I don't see, and I'm like, huh, that thing just kind of slowly grew into my life, and I didn't even notice it. Hmm. So my wife and I, I said to my wife, I said, Perhaps I should uh, go get that looked at at some point, right? Like, like, hmm, I didn't notice that. It slowly crept up into my life. I should, I should, I should, I should possibly go to get that looked at. And so I um, <clears throat> made an appointment, uh, and then because of COVID, uh, you know, they finally set my appointment for January, which turned to March, which turned to May, which turned to June, which turned to this Wednesday. And at this Wednesday, I went to the doctor, uh, and I said, hey, just uh, want to get this little, this little spot taken, you know, take a look at it, and, you know, just, you know, just to get these things looked at, I understand, you know. And, uh, and they take a look at it, got a little thing out, and the woman said, oh, yeah, we're going to have to biopsy that. I'm like, all right, what's that mean? You scrape off some cells? She goes, oh, no, we're cutting that out. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, now, see, I, there's something in my life here that I didn't see that somebody else saw, and, and I went to the expert to take a look at it. And, the, and then the expert said, no, that thing in your life that somebody else noticed, that, that's bad and it's got to come out. Now, I didn't want it to come out. You know why? Because that would be painful. I'm like, I've learned to live with this thing. And as a matter of fact, Tyler Williams says it's part of me. So maybe we should just live and let live. Maybe I could redefine myself as a guy with a mole on his face. I identify as a mole wearer. I carry this mole. Quit hating. Quit having molophobia, right? Like quit. Why, 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 why am I now in a persecuted people group, right? And the doctor said, oh, no, well, we're going we're gonna to cut that out today. And then she starts asking me, would you like me to cut it out with this hole punch or would you like me to scrape it off your face? I'm like, wait, whoa, I'm just here for you to look at it like what are we talking about here? And I'm like, we, like, is it going to hurt? She goes, oh, no, we're going to put, it's going to take stitches. It's going it, like, we're going to have to get in there because there's more going on than you see. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, somebody. And so here's what he said. He said, she said, she said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut that thing out and we're going to send it off. And it's possible over time we're going to find out there's even more there than we thought. And if so, we're going to call a specialist who's going to come in and he's going, he's going to do some. I'm like, 
say no more in the name of Jesus. Like if I weren't saved, that would be scary. Right? If I didn't have the word of God, that would scare me. However, I got the anointing of God on my life. However, and so I was, I was, I was a little, just to be honest, I was a little shook, right? I was a little shook. I just went to a doctor's appointment. I'm coming home with holes in my face, right? Like that's, I'm like, I'm like, I got to be on stage on Sunday. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. And so I'm driving home and I'm like, Lord, what is going on? The Lord began to talk to me. Let me just, I'm going to just, the Lord, I'm going to talk to you the way the Lord talked to me. He told me three things. If you're taking notes, this is a, this is, this is, this is, this is important. This is important. You see, see, I, I, there was a spot on my, there was a spot on me. See, Jesus, the Lord said, I'm coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. And just because you can't see it don't mean it's not there. This is how he talked to me. Number one, he said, you need somebody in your life to point out the spots. You better have somebody in your life that you say yes sir to or yes ma'am to who can point out some spots in your life and that you don't run away. You sit and you consider it for a little bit. Now, I could have said to this dermatologist, it was so funny because she was a kind of a petite Jamaican woman. She had gone to, um, I forget what university, a, a good university. Uh, and so, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't worried about her credentials. But I walked in and she said, uh, just take off all your clothes. I was like, hey, can we have a little conversation first? Like, I'm not, I'm not there. I'm sorry. Like, what happened to consent? It's 2021. What's, what, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that. I've been, I've been married for a minute now. That's not how I roll. Like, let's, whoa, let's, uh, you know, there's mysteries that are, you know, held up for the ages that, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but she, she, uh, she was looking at different stuff and, and you uh, know, oh, what's this? What's this? And she looked at my face and she was like, okay, this is all we're talking about now. You and I, our relationship is now about this spot on your face that don't look right. She took under the magnifying glass. She goes, oh, no, 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 that, 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 that's concerning. That's concerning, and this is what we need to deal with. These other little things, maybe we could talk about those some other day, but right now, this is what we are talking about. And we're going to deal with this aggressively because if we don't deal with this aggressively, it's going to destroy your life. You need someone in your life to point out these things. And I had a choice at that moment. I had a choice. Do I run or do I deal with this? You see, Tyler pointed out the spot. It took, I don't know how old is Tyler, seven? Seven years old. It took a seven-year-old, like a child, to come and point something out to me. But after that spot was pointed out in my life, you got to take that spot to someone and get it dealt with. Don't just go to your little homies to convince you that your spots are not a big deal. Don't, 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 go to, don't, don't go to the people who call you, you know, uh, blessed and highly favored and, and the people who speak well of you and your best friends who, who, who think there's nothing wrong with you. You better not just go to them to get feedback on what's wrong with you. Come on. See, I, I, um, I, I, I believe in having pastors. I believe in having counselors in your life. And anytime I start meeting with a new counselor, I sit down with them and I tell them every single one the very same thing. I say, listen... I am not here to learn how to live with my issues. If you can help me fix my issues, we could have a relationship. I do not need somebody to tell me how to live with my issues because I'm trying to grow. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about right here? Don't, I don't want just help running from my fears. I want to move towards something in my life. 
Come on, y'all don't hear this. Come on, y'all. This is good news right now. This is good news. Listen, you need to bring your spots to someone and let them start dealing with it aggressively. That's what the Lord said. Better start dealing with these things aggressively in your life. And I was like, well, God, I, I, I didn't like how that feels. I didn't much, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't much like this is like this is my face that we're cutting. Like this, this isn't just some like why couldn't it be on the back of my heel? Why, 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 why not on the side of my leg? Why, why, why on my face? He's like, I need you to be able to look in the mirror and see I deal with you. Like we, you are my son in whom I'm well pleased. I need you to be able to look in that mirror and see that when there is a problem, I deal with it. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry that you're going to be walking around with a problem. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to be worried about walking around in deception. You have set up your life in a way that when someone sees something, you deal with it. Come on, I don't, this is, this is, this is well done, good and faithful servant to me. Come on. Number three, he said to me, is what he said to me. <clears throat> and this is what I'll say to you. When the spot gets found in your life, you need to cut it out. You need to deal aggressively with the spots in your life. Quit coddling them. Quit coming up with excuses for them. Quit calling your sin something else. Don't say that your sin was because you were uncomfortable. Don't say your sin was because you weren't sure what to do. Don't say that your sin was okay because the context you did it in. You need to deal aggressively with sin and you need to cut it out of your life. Can you say amen? amen. You, you can't coddle a cancer. You, 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 can't, you can't sing Dr. Sue songs to your cancer. You, 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 can't, you can't find a, a lump in your breast and say, well, I'm just going to massage it for the next couple weeks, or I'm just not going to touch my breast and believe it's going to go away. No, you need to get it cut out in the name of Jesus. When your friends come to you and say, brother, you know that was a lie, right? Brother, you know that what you said. I heard how you talked to your children and something was wrong in that thing. Quit talking about I was just tired. Quit talking about uh, I just had had a bad day. No, no, you need to say, I, that was sin. I need to cut it out of my life. If they're gossiping on you at work or, or they're speaking bad about you at the job or maybe your in-laws got bad things to say about you, you and you go back and you cut them back. You go back and you say the nasty thing. You can't justify sin for sin. You need to cut it out of your life. You need to look at this thing and say, the Lord, this is the chastening of the Lord on my heart. I refuse to, re to repay sin for sin. I am going to cut out in me what that offense landed on so I can be right before God. Amen. That's a good word for somebody. That's a good word for somebody. Quit talking about you're sensitive if you get offended all the time. Quit getting offended. Deal with your sin. Oh, I just don't like the way they said it. Well, what did they say? Was it the truth? What you mean is you don't like the truth. Let's just be honest about it. Can we just get honest? Oh, they should have said it nicer. But was it true? Yeah, but no, don't butt me. Deal with the truth, then go deal with what they said. Like, I was offended at the picture. With a, with a, why, why you got a dot on my face? That's not how I see me. I don't see me with a dot on my face. When I think about myself, I don't think about me as a dot on my face. I didn't go to Tyler and say, what you doing all that for? Why y'all raising kids putting dots on my face? That's just mean. You shouldn't do that. That's wrong. No, I'm like, hmm, dot on my face, huh? I better get that looked at. Hmm. 
let me go to an expert. Expert said, that's a, that's a problem right there. I'm like, no, but it's, it's been around for a while. No, no, that's a problem. Well, what do we do about that? We're going to get aggressive and cut it out of your life. But that's going to cause me some pain. Yep. 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 Master. We caught, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. I will do as you say. Come on, you, 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 you got to just get it in your heart. Lord, I will do as you say, even if it's painful. If your word says it, I will do as you say. And so they go out. You all know the story. And so they go out into the deep. They let down the nets and they had a massive harvest. How do you know that the current season of drought that you have been in is not because you have neglected to say, Master, I will do as you say. Where's the hidden conviction? The thing that the Lord told you to get out of your life that is still living in your garage. You know, you know, there's stuff like when you get married. I remember when my wife and I got married. Honey, I'm going to cover you here for a second. We got married and we moved in together and all that. And I'm going to be honest. I went to the closet and I said, if you ever went on a date with anybody with any of these clothes, it, I, they better not be in this house at the end of tonight. All that gets thrown away. If, I mean, the, 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 all things are new now that I'm here. So if you got any memories in any of these clothes with any of this stuff, it's, it's, it's time to go. Now, you might have the old prom dress that you went out with, what's his name? And every time you look at the prom dress, you think about what's his name. It's time to get that thing out the closet and put it in the trash because all things have become new. If you got some fantasy running in your mind from something you did as a teenager and it comes up when you're being intimate with your spouse, it's time to get aggressive and throw it away and make all things New, the master has shown up and it's time to say, yes, master, I will do as you say and be single minded about the one you've put in front of me. Come on, somebody. That's a good word right there. That's going to help somebody. Come on. No, it's better than that. Keep come on. It's better than that. God wants to set you free because it's killing your harvest. Verse 11, verse 10, they said, we also. Okay, so here's what happens. Watch this. This is so crazy. So they go back out after working all night. Now they're working into the day when they want to be sleeping. They put out the nets. The nets are so full of a harvest, it freaks them out. They went from arguing with Jesus to saying, fine, we'll do it. Then the blessing was so great on their lives. I don't know who needs a blessing, but I need you to hear this because he is the God of blessing. The blessing became so great on their lives, it scared them. I believe God wants to bring some people into a season of prosperity that is so great, it scares them. I have sat, come on, I have sat, I have sat across my desk from people who I gave a prophetic word to in the past about prosperity. And I see two different reactions. One reaction is, man, I'm something special. And those people rarely endure to the end. And then there's people who say, I fear the Lord for the prosperity on my life. And the wealth continues to grow in their lives. 
I have seen ministers who go from just hoping that one day God will use them. And I have prophesied over them. And the Lord begins to use them in just supernatural ways. Just in ways that are far beyond their ability. And I have seen ones who say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me because there's an anointing on my life that's greater than the character on my life. And I fear the Lord with what is happening through me. And then I hear those who say, wow, I guess that's just muscle memory that all this great stuff just happened. And I'm, the ones who fear the Lord endure and their ministries have grown. The ones who think it's them always crash and burn. Jesus tells a story about these virgins. <clears throat> and, and in the story of the virgin, there were ten wise virgins and ten foolish virgins. And the funny thing is that they all felt justified, but ten of them brought oil and ten of them didn't. And, 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 and the ones who did not come prepared for the Lord's judgment fell off. You see, we, we, we in our lives, we got to recognize Jesus has come to do something very special in our lives. But in the end, God is the hero of the story. God, if God is not the hero of your story, you have gotten the story wrong. If, if, if you have any success in your life, be it in ministry, be it in business, be it in relationships, and you don't think that it's God's anointing and God's purpose and the redemptive power of Jesus Christ that has empowered that thing, you have gotten the story wrong. Someone is pointing out something on your face and you're like, no, 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 I'll just identify with that. that don't need to, no, no, friend, that needs to be cut out of your life because it will... That, Thing will be a melanoma that turns to a cancer and end everything. There is a judge. There is a God. There is sin, which Jesus died for. And there is a promise for your life that Jesus wants to fulfill. Can you say amen? Now, I, I don't know where you're at today, friend. Maybe... Maybe you are in the, the land and season of prosperity, and I would say, stay humble. Thank God. Give glory to Him. Understand. Seek understanding why that anointing is on your life, why you are in the season of harvest. Don't, don't get prideful. But maybe, maybe, Maybe God has taken you through a season of chastening and things have been dry and things have been rough and you are in the valley wanting to walk up the mountain. I got a good, good word for you. Jesus has come with good news for the poor. He has come with the message of jubilee and restoration. You are perfectly positioned to give God glory through your prosperity. It's easy to feel forsaken when God is not doing what you want Him to do.
It's easy to get bitter and disappointed. It's easy to run from the fear of disappointment by running from the church. That's easy. It's carnal. It's earthly wisdom. It's not the wisdom from above. It's better to say, Lord, I got it wrong why this anointing is upon me. Why have you anointed me? What am I running from? What am I supposed to be running toward? Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you're on the banks of the river. You've washed your nets. You're ready to pack them up. Put them away. And Jesus said, it's time to cast out into the deep. You're like, Lord, I barely have strength to cast out into the shallow. I barely have strength to sit on the seashore. I barely got strength to listen to the end of this message. And you want me to dream again. And I hear the Lord in so many ways saying, time for some people to dream again. But don't dream the carnal dreams you dreamed before. It's time to dream the dreams that bring God glory. Maybe you've been down and out so long, you now that's the word you identify with. Yeah, they could do it, but me, look at the last five years of my life. David felt this way. He said in Psalm 27, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see God, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I tell you, friend, he's moving some of you to the land of the living. You've been in the land of surviving. You've been in the land of struggle. You've been in the land of disappointment. The Lord wants to move you into the land of the living. And then David tells you how to get there. Verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take... What's it say? Say it out loud. Let your heart take courage. Stop letting fear dictate your direction. Let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Come on, I'll finish with this. I'll finish with this. Shakaba. Mm. 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 Ha. 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 Maybe you feel completely deserted. Maybe maybe you feel completely abandoned by God. Maybe, Maybe in this season, you don't know if you can go on. But the Bible tells us later in Luke chapter 5 and verse 16 that Jesus would He would withdraw or He would slip away In the NIV, it says the wilderness. American Standard said the lonely place. 
Maybe you find yourself today in the wilderness without direction. Maybe you find yourself in the lonely place spiritually. Maybe that's where God had to get you to hear Him. Come on, somebody. Maybe God had to orchestrate your journey to the lonely place. My goodness gracious, I'm almost done. Man, there's, there's people in this room, people watching online. You have fought getting to the lonely place so strongly that you have violated your own convictions to keep from getting there. You've done everything you could carnally to keep from getting into the wilderness, even though it required you to disobey God. You've lived it on your own, and yet you still find yourself in the wilderness. You still find yourself in the lonely place. I got good news today. That's where Jesus preaches the gospel to the poor. This is where Jesus preaches his freedom, his society-flipping message to those who are not in the crowd of popularity, but isolated in the wilderness of shame and outcast. Jesus comes with the message that says, you might be on the bottom right now, but I'm going to put you on the top because my kingdom has come and my will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? That God is moving you from the lonely place to the place of well done, good and faithful servant. Stand with me if you would. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just pray in the Spirit with me if you would. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to pray for you very quickly. Because what I feel like really needs to happen... I can crack the door too. But you're going to have to be brave enough to open it and walk through. I'm going to crack the door to the possibility that your wilderness place is the place of God's the God's dealing with you. It's possible that the dry place is the place where God wanted to get you so he could say I am enough. He had to get you by the brook and feed you with a raven so you will come to the realization that His provision is enough for you. Oh, I feel the Spirit moving right now. I feel the Spirit moving right now. I hope you're praying with me right now. God is going to bring some dead things to life. Some things that you buried under the spirit of disappointment. The things that you have Uh, that you have um, had a funeral service in the name of disillusionment or maybe shame has buried a dream and I feel like the, there is a, a, there's an anointing that's here today that will remove those lies out of your life and you'll be able to say with confidence Lord I will go as you say as you speak to me Lord I will 
do it. I believe some of you, the anointing of God is here right now. And he's showing you some things that he spoke to you. Like this is purpose for you. This is the next step for you. This is the next season for you. And you said, I don't know about that, Lord. You may have to do that one. And the Lord wants to hear you say, Lord, as you say, I will do. As you commanded me, Master, I will obey. I just feel like the Lord is telling some people, the spot has been spotted out on your face a long time ago. You are going to have to come to the decision that I'm going to begin dealing with it radically. I'm going to let it be cut out of my life. I'm going to submit to the chastening of the Lord so that I can cast my net once again and pull it in full. Can anybody say amen to these messages? Can anybody say amen to what God is doing right now? Come on, by your spirit, just agree to what God is doing. Just allow God to open the door in your life. Allow him to shine window in uh, light into the darkness. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, ha, in the name of Jesus, Father, I speak deliverance to every spirit of discouragement. I speak deliverance to every dead dream. In the name of Jesus, I speak resurrection life. Father, we declare that we submit to your plan in our lives. And we say, Lord, if you say to do it, we're going to do it. When you bring conviction on our hearts to witness to somebody, we're going to do it. When you tell us it's time, it's time to come out of your shell and be the Christian you are called to be. We're going to do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just feel the... Mm, just, just pray in the Spirit for a second. I'm almost done. I don't want to miss this. He's after the heart. He's after your heart more than He's after your works. He's after your heart. Mm. I feel like some, mm, there's people in the room and you're just going to have to come to terms with people aren't going to say nice things about you. And when you lay down at night, you're not going to be going over those things because you're just going to surrender. Oh, that's the Holy Ghost. I know it. You got to believe that there were people on the shore right next to Peter and them. And what, why are you fishing now? You're the failure. We already saw you fail. And you ain't even fishing at the right time. No wonder you didn't catch no fish last night. Y'all don't even know how to fish. Look at you doing. And they're like, I'm, 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 I'm going to go with the Lord. That's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. You know there's some people on the shore talking about, look at, look at Peter and them. Look at them going after it again. Look at them going after it again. Look at her trying to start a business again. Look at them thinking they're going to be in ministry. Look at them thinking that they're going to buy a house. Look at them thinking that they're going to come above and not below. Look at them thinking about they're going to be successful. We saw them fail. We saw that marriage fall apart. We've heard what they said about you. Look at them thinking like they're going to do it again. And you're like, but the Lord told me to go cast my net again. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Come on. We're going to be some, I'm casting my net again because Jesus done got in the boat kind of people. Jesus Christians who say, 
When God's in the boat, I'm going to cast my net in the wrong time, at the wrong place, but in obedience to Jesus. And you know those same mockers sitting at the side of the shore, still talking bad about them, saying, how'd they find them fish? How'd they get the boat filled? Why do they? Why are they getting prosperous? When I'm back here with clean nets, I don't want to be a clean net kind of people. I want to be a net overflowing kind of people. I want to be a I'm still going after it kind of people. I want to be a I'm still believing in God's dream for my life kind of people. I want to be a I don't care what they said about me. I got Jesus with his hands on my shoulder in the midst of this conflict kind of people. I want to be a I'm walking with the word of the Lord over my life kind of people. If that's you, come on, say amen and just grab it right now. Just say, it's not where I'm walking right now. I've been running after fear, but I'm running towards purpose right now. I'm running towards the call right now. Oh, Jesus. I'm believing the word of God in my life right now. And I have decided that when he says, go back out into the deep, I'm going in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Say it, be it unto me, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A shout to the Lord. He's good. Amen. Hallelujah. That was a great message. I feel encouraged. I hope you feel encouraged. Let's go out this week with God, knowing that God is with us. And that uh, let's ask him, Lord, what, what, what do you want us to do next? Because I'm ready to see some nets overflowing. I'm ready to hear the testimonies of what God is doing in your life. So um, I bless you guys today. Have a great day. Uh, great week. Sign up for a life group in the lobby if you have any questions about that. If anyone needs prayer for anything, for healing in your body, for deliverance, for just favor, or if you really want to just hear God more about what's for you in this season, you can come to the front. There'll be people up here to pray for you. God bless you guys. Have a great week.